Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty, hosted by Jody Katz, founder and creative director of Base Beauty Creative Agency. Hello, everyone. We are joined by Craig Dubitsky, the friendly founder of Hello Product. Thanks for being here, Craig. Hello. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Uh, is a friendly founder, is that a CEO role? Tell us what that is. Uh, you know, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun role to be the founder. Um, I'm, I'm the, I am the friendly founder. I'm uh, lucky enough to have dreamt this thing up and now, uh, we're 11 people and I actually have a CEO. So it's terrific nice. for me because I, I get to do what I feel like I'm, I'm best at, at doing, you know, running around and, and, uh, speaking with as many people as is humanly possible, learning as much as, as humanly possible and instilling, uh, our, our brand ethos and brand values uh, across as many touch points as humanly possible, that's kind of my, my jam. And to have somebody as talented and experienced as we do uh, in the CEO role is great. Her name is Lori Keen Kocher. She's a force of nature and um, has an incredible background, which I'm happy to share if you want to hear about her background. Just incredible. She used to run Listerine globally years ago. She was a senior partner at McKinsey for about 15 years and was the co-lead of their global consumer practice. It's just done a lot of stuff. Um, That's so cool. You know, tremendous. Yeah, so so basically as a friendly founder, I get to go, you know, do what I really, I think, uh, am best suited for, which is dream things up. And part of my my job is to really – you know, see the see the future and work with really brilliant people to help make it real, and to magnetize the business so that as many uh, brilliant, gifted, creative, passionate people can come here and do their their best work. That's that's part of what I do. So Lori gets to um, also do a lot of that stuff, but really help manage the P and L day to day and the operations day to day. That's not to make it sound like that's not. Uh, sexy. It's wildly sexy and wildly important and, <laughs> and critical. So I just feel bad because it's like, oh yeah, I'm the founder, but you know, she has to run the, the business day to day. It sounds like a bad trade, but um, it's a wonderful partnership, really. Um, that's the best word I'd, I'd use to describe it. It's really that's a partnership. So well, it's really cool. Well, well, welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty. Our listeners are really curious about the career paths of execs in our industry, um, but specifically um, the real honest stuff, not the glossed over picture perfect PR story. Um, mm-hmm. And we've heard this story a lot, right? We, we don't need to hear this story here. Um, and you really have an interesting story to tell. Um, so if you don't know, Craig, you definitely know many of the brands that he's helped shape. Uh, I'll name a few here, Method, EOS, Popcorn Indiana, and now the personal care brand, Hello Products. Um, so it's incredibly fascinating, Craig, to talk with someone who's touched people's lives with so many brands in the way that you have. Um, you know, when I think about Method and EOS just myself, right, Method's in every single um, bathroom and the kitchen of every home I lived in for, you know, longer than I, I think I can remember. Um, what comes to mind when you stop to think about how many people these products have reached? Um, wow, that's a great question. Um, you know, honestly, I, I've never really considered that before. Um, I, I I really feel like I'm the luckiest person ever, and um, I 
I'm in love with design and everyday things. And not just design as in the notion of form and fit and function and color and silhouette. I mean, design for me is um, about a, a very deep and very passionate level of curiosity and in trying to solve for all sorts of problems. And so design for me is really all about thoughtfulness. So when I, and thoughtfulness is, you know, empathy should be um, something we all think about, I think all the time. I think if more people thought in an empathic way, um, the world would be a better place. So I like to think we can make these everyday things, whether it's uh, dish soap or lip balm or, or oral care products in a very empathic and beautiful way. And I never thought about how many people, you know, have touched these things. I just keep trying to, basically, I, I, I've said this to people before, you have to fall in love with the problem, not the thing that comes out and manifests itself as an attempt at a solution. So for me, the problem is not enough, there's not enough empathy in the world and there's not enough beauty in the world. So I'm just sort of in love with that as an ongoing problem. I just keep trying to work hard and work with really cool people to constantly improve that situation. I don't know that you ever solve it. I think you just keep working to improve it. And um, with things like Method, I mean, I can't take credit for creating Method. I was just lucky enough to meet the founders literally when they were two guys mixing products in their bathroom. And <laughs> I, 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 I appreciated their vision. That's really what it was. And I got involved really very, very early. And I, you know, I remember uh, certain dates really well. Uh, so I, I was basically part of this effort that led the original investment in, in method <clears throat> beyond some uh, money that they had raised from, you know, some friends and family members. So really sort of the, the more uh, institutional type of capital that had come in. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, to wire the money from the lobby of New York Cornell hospital the day my son was born. So my wife was okay. Baby number one was okay. And I went downstairs and said, okay, wire the money to method. Oh, that's so, so crazy. I, I, yeah, so I, I know the dates really well. And, it, you know, Method's certainly very near and dear to my heart. And, you know, EOS, um, you know, same thing. It was, you know, everyone with Method, just to back up, was like, you can't do that. You're crazy. It'll never work. It's dish soap. Like, no one cares. It's cleaning products. Like, who cares? And that always troubled me because my thesis basically is people care about everything, or they, they should. And they're making all sorts of choices, economic choices, emotional choices, all the time. So for me, there's no such thing as a boring category. There's just boring executions. So, um, you know, to create beautiful household cleaning products, that's not a reach for me to look at lip balm. And people said, you know, you can't do it. There's the whole category. It's called chapstick. Nobody cares. <laughs> and yeah. And for me, it's like, well, if the whole category is named after a brand. And there are lots of other brands that are in that space. That tells me something. So, um, yeah, you know, I just thought, gee, a, a woman's purse is a big cavernous black hole. And uh, it's her diaper bag, her gym bag, her yoga bag, her computer bag, overnight bag, her, you know, it's holding all sorts of documents. And, oh, yeah, it's holding everything else she needs for her daily use. Like, what if the lip balm were literally excuse me, findable just because you use touch. You mm -hmm. can feel it. And, and, and what if it were unadorned and, uh, and display worthy and just, you know, all this stuff just constantly goes through my mind. So I'm always looking at everything 
and asking, well, why do they make it that way? Why does it look like that? What if it looked this way? Um, I'm always questioning stuff. So it's like a do, um, <laughs> do these new places that you're going in your head, when it's time to execute on them, let's say put money behind method or put money behind EOS um, and time, does it, does it get scary? Um, for me personally, I'm just, I, I guess I'm just wired a little bit differently. I'm, I'm not scared of failing. I'm only scared of not trying. So I have zero fear of failure. I know I'm going to fail, but if I don't even try, I've already failed. Right. So mm-hmm. like, what's the worst thing that happens? Um, it, it's not to say that I haven't made plenty of mistakes and that I don't continue to make mistakes. I jokingly say, we'll only make new mistakes. You know, there'll be like mistakes that no one's ever even thought to screw up that badly. Wow. But hopefully we'll fix those things really quickly because, you know, we've gotten uh, pretty uh, adept at identifying issues, um, hopefully before they come up and, and fixing them. And if they come up, you know, in process, well, then you've got to fix them even faster. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I can't say that, that the entrepreneurial life is for everybody, but I guess you have to get to a point where you're just so fed up with something and so inspired maybe by something. Again, I, I mentioned, you know, falling in love with the problem. Like you're so in love with what this problem is. And you think you have something that's going to not make it as much of a problem. You got to keep falling in love with that so much so that you can't sleep. Like it's burning a hole in your psyche. And the only remedy is to try to do it. And uh, that's why I'm only scared of not trying stuff. Like the stuff that keeps yep. me up at night is I have 10 more of these. Like, you know, like how do I, how do I find enough time to keep making new stuff? How do, how do we keep tweaking hello? How do we keep making, you know, something that is this friendly and this, you know, natural and this effective and this delicious? How do we keep improving upon that? Um, and extend it and make it meaningful and relevant to everybody. That's, that's the stuff that gets me fired up. Not, uh Oh, um, is this going to be a hard thing to do? Is this going to be an expensive proposition that isn't going to work out? Um, I don't think as much about that as I do about the consequences of, of not working really hard to create something that's awesome and that people can fall in love with and afford and use every day. Yeah, I find that um, point of view really interesting because I think I'm uh, as an entrepreneur for, I guess, 10 years now. We're celebrating our 10th anniversary. I feel like most of the 10 years um, I've been living with um, the fear of financial insecurity, right? There's some years that are great or some quarters that are great, and they could be followed by years or quarters that really stink. And um, I sort of came to imagine that financial insecurity is just like shadow following me around, like... Um, the shadow man from Princess and the Frog. He's like this voodoo guy in New Orleans and he's really creepy. <laughs> Do you know that movie? No, but now, oh. you know, I have to add that to my queue. Absolutely. <laughs> he's like a really creepy, tall and skinny shadow man and he'll take your soul. So for a really long time, like I, oh, I think I worked with over... him. I worked, yeah, I worked with him before. <laughs> I, I, I know him. I've always been like feeling like I have to know what's around the corner, like around my back, because like, you know, just because I'm, you know, feeling really good right now, what's around the corner, probably like, you know, some pretty shitty financial news. Um, and that to me is just in the ups and downs of running the business. 
Um, and sure. I started to just very recently start to see that shadow less like the creepy shadow man, but more like a friend holding my hand, like she's being kind to me and not um, terrifying me and just kind of making me remember that like, this is just the way it is. It's a roller coaster. There's ups, there's downs. Some of them suck, um, but it's the journey. Um, so that's sort of where my headspace is in terms of, I guess, like fear. It's all about the financial, not about the, you know, let's try it, but the, what kind of impact is that going to have on like my comfort zone, which is having money in the bank. No, I, I totally understand it. By the way, I thought it was interesting when it was scary and, and, and doom and gloom, it was a man. And then mm-hmm. you went from the male to the female when it became your friend and she was holding your hand. Um, yeah. So it's, 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 that's just an interesting thing. Um, for me, it's not that I, um, that I don't think about the economics. I'm always thinking about the economics because, you know, at the end of the day, we have to try to you know, run a business that's a real business that's successful in terms of generating uh, profits and supporting people. So hello is, you know, we're, we're a small but mighty bunch. There's 11 of us and, you know, there are mouths to feed and families and people that have foregone other things to to come on this journey with us and, and make a huge impact with us. So I don't, uh, I don't live in the fantasy land of, Oh yeah, I just like ideas. You know, ideas are great. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it, 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 it's very important that uh, you be business minded at the same time. And, and obviously you make economic choices to do one thing versus another. And I can tell you, I had a really interesting moment. I used to be a trader. I used to be a, a, a I was a futures trader and a currency trader and an options market maker and a derivatives trader, base metals derivatives trader. Um, I was pretty well steeped in, in uh, you know, that type of, of uh, financial land and landscape and, and, and managing and measuring really outrageous sums of, of risk, quantifiable and sometimes not so quantifiable risk. And, I was miserable and I really married up and I hope everybody who's married or <laughs> has a significant other, uh, maybe they're not technically married feels that whoever they're with was a, was a step up. I hope, I hope everyone feels that way about whoever they're with. And my wife is a clinical psychologist and I, I jokingly say I had to bring that in house, you know, I needed it full time. She's just working on me right now. But, but one day she told me when I was being a trading person, you know, she knew me incredibly well. I mean, we went to, school together. I mean, we've known each other for a really long time. And she's like, what are you doing? And I said, what do you mean? Like, I'm doing my job. You know, this is my job. And she said, that's not your job. Like, you're like, that's not why you're put on earth. Like, that's your job to go be a metals trader and a derivative. Like, what are you kidding yourself? Like, that's not really you. And she kind of gave me this wake up call. She's like, why are you thinking you're, you're, you're so focused on the financial aspect of things? And you really like, are we ever going to starve? Like, like, are you, are you employable? Do you have your health? Do you have uh, an education? Like, could you always get a job of some sort? Forget about like, do you need to live a certain way? Do you need to, you know, maintain certain uh, standards of living? Forget about that. Like, like, you know, and then this is, you know, I was, I was much younger then. And she's like, you know, you're focusing on the wrong thing. And if you stop focusing on money and you focus on what you really love, I think you're going to end up being much like happier slash better off. And, and as, as trite as this is going to sound and potentially really preachy as it's going to sound, when I stopped thinking about uh, money and it wasn't because I didn't have rent to pay 
analysis feed. I certainly did. Um, I, I focused more on what I really loved and it wasn't work to me. It was me focusing on stuff I really loved. And I got really, really intensely focused on it because it was what I loved. It didn't hurt to focus that hard. I wasn't getting headaches. I was just mm -hmm. digging in deep because I loved it. And then the more you dig in deep because you love it, the, the less it feels like work. And then the more you do, like people ask me like, what do you do for a living? I'm like, what do I do for a living? I breathe. I, I eat food. I don't sleep enough. Like that's what keeps me alive. The stuff that helps me more than just live is all this other stuff. It's talking to you. It's starting brands and businesses and writing copy and meeting really cool people. Like that's the stuff that, um, you know, is, is helping me live better. And by the way, the, the more I stop thinking, worrying about, uh, the financial ghost, male or female, that was casting a shadow, um, the more and more that financial ghost, uh, you know, that, that specter of, of imminent uh, economic, you know, uh, disaster became just like you're describing, became my, my friend. And uh, mm -hmm. it was very liberating. It was very liberating. Um, and if you can get there, it's a very special place because pressure sometimes you know look pressure creates diamonds right so it's, <laughs> right. it's not that you shirk it or walk away from it you just have to respect it and um and you know do your best to uh contain it and focus it and if you can if you're lucky enough to be able to do that well and have a support system and friends and family around you that can help I me mean, my wife is the best like i couldn't do any of this stuff if it weren't for her uh, on many levels, you know, she's just, she's grounded and grounding for me. So that's a big what part she, of it, I think. What was she seeing in you at the time where she, was she, where she was asking those questions, where she was asking, is this really what's important? Um, what was she seeing in you to be motivated to have that conversation? Do you remember? Um, yeah, I was, I was very uh, stressed about what I was doing because I was really unhappy. I didn't feel like I was doing a good enough job at it because mm. I think like anybody who, has an entrepreneurial leaning, there's a bit of perfectionism lurking deep down. Like something isn't right. Something's bothering you. Something isn't perfect. And that's what's really stirring your soul. And I felt like I wasn't really being like good enough at what I was doing because it wasn't really what I wanted to really do. And I just wasn't mm -hmm. that into it, but I felt like I needed to be into it because, you know, it was paying the bills. And, uh, right. and I think she saw that, that I was not that happy. And the stuff that made me happy, I didn't know you could actually earn a living, you know, writing copy or, you know, trying to design a product or uh, I didn't, I didn't, I just didn't have a basis for that in my life at the time. That wasn't the world or the circles I was running in. Um, so there you go. Um, you know, to, to that kind of um, extent, um, the idea of joy um, it's been really motivating for me in my time in business. And I went out on my own because I wanted to find a different type of joy and do things differently. I wasn't seeing what I wanted or felt like I needed uh, models, you know, like where I was working full time and I hadn't seen in other companies that I worked at. So I thought, well, if I, if I haven't seen it anywhere, it must not exist. I'll just create it for myself. Um, is, and then I created a, a business for myself and my team where we really can try to achieve as much balance with life and work as we possibly can um, mm -hmm. So for 10 years, we've been virtual. Um, we have an office in the city as a hub, but, you know, for the most part, most of the time, everybody's just wherever they are, whatever works for them. Um, and I know that you, you started your company and based it in Montclair, New Jersey, which is near your home um, as yeah. a way to 
achieve some balance. Can you talk to me a bit about um, what works for you and what doesn't work in this sort of um, this, this end goal of feeling, you know, balanced and at, at ease and not as stressed about the things that don't matter? Sure. Um, well, first of all, congratulations for for a whole bunch of things. You know, first of all, being in business on your own for, and I mean on your own, I mean with your team and everything, for 10 years is is an incredible achievement. So, Thank you. first of all, huge, huge, that's, that's tremendous. Um, and and also congratulations on, um, on seeing that something didn't exist and then making it real. That's the most entrepreneurial thing ever. I, I think that's how so many companies get started and how, and how so many ideas go from ideas to, you know, really into ideals because people are searching for something, something has to bug you. And, um, and it sounds like there were some things that, that, you know, bugged you slash inspired you to go do what you're doing. And it's, and it's working. You know, if, if it weren't working, you wouldn't be celebrating a 10 year anniversary. So congratulations. Um, Thank you for, uh, Oh no, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's a, it's a real achievement and, um, something you, know, you should feel and, and your team should be very excited about and proud of. It's awesome. It, it's really, it, it, it's a dream. So uh, for me, my dream was to uh, have, have a place that was outside of my house. I'd worked for my house for a few years and I really, really loved it. I really, really did. Um, but it was really just me. And then I really wanted to try to build some semblance of a, uh, it's going to sound like a, maybe a heady, uh, way of putting it and by heady I just mean jerky sounding but some type of a culture and it's not because I have so much um, personality that there should be a culture based around one person's idea it was really that it would be a, a it would be a culture I didn't know what it was going to be but it wasn't just going to be a guy um, in in an office and, and I and I was very lucky I I moved to Montclair and I found this space in sort of a roundabout way that used to be uh, before we were in here, uh, a, an active den of iniquity. It was a, I'm told it was a gambling parlor. And I, I saw it before it was shredded down to the studs and um, it was an interesting space. So everything was gutted and, and redone. It's just a big open space. And I remember coming in here with the first handful of folks that I was very lucky to meet and convinced to come join me in this craziness and walked around this big empty space. And they were like, well, where's your office going to be? And I kept saying, no, no, this whole place is going to be our office. And they were like, yeah, yeah. So like, where's your office going to be? And I just kept repeating myself. No, no, this whole space is our office. Like not my office, it's our office. And there aren't offices. It, it is a big open floor plan. And we do have, you know, rooms off, like I'm in one now to, you know, have a conversation um, but it's an open space and the chairs are on wheels. And if you want to sit on a couch one day, or you want to sit in the kitchen or you want to sit, you know, in a big comfy chair, or you want to sit at a you know desk, uh, you know, whatever works for you. And that was the idea that it was a place we could make, you can make it into our own. So, you know, if you want to, you know, there's artwork on the walls that came from everybody's house. Um, it's just, it's That's very good. comfortable. Yeah, it's comfortable. And, you know, we have, um, like the other question that was really great when we got started was, well, is there, you know, is there a dress code? And I would just say, yes. And he's like, well, well, yes, what? But like, you know, if you drive naked, put on clothing before you get out of your car, like, no, there's no <laughs> formal dress code. You know, what about vacations? I mean, you know, what's it like? And I, I just used to say, you know, yeah, now 
a little bigger. And of course, you know, some things are a little bit more formalized because you sort of have to as you grow. But the idea was, you know, if you, hopefully you don't need to take a vacation, it's you want to take a vacation. If it's a need, like, oh man, I got to get out of here, then we did something wrong. If you want to take a vacation, that's awesome. Just do me a favor. We're all mature. Everybody's an overachiever and, and a real, like, like deliverer. Like everyone here is just, I'm really lucky, right? I just have this incredible, incredible group of people I get to work with. And they're all amazing. So you don't have to micromanage anybody because they're just so flippin' talented. So I just remember saying, you know, if you want to take a vacation, great. Just tell us where you're going so we don't all show up at the same place. Yeah. You know, if you're going to Bali, you know, you don't want to see me in a bathing suit in Bali. Like, you don't want to see me at all, let alone a bathing suit. So just let us know where you're going so we don't, you know, have some awkward overlap at some point. And it's never been a problem. Like, that's the thing. Like, when you are looking to work with, like, really good people and they love what they're doing and, and how we're working together, it, like, none of this stuff becomes an issue. Like, there's no, you know, people aren't taking advantage. And it's, it's lovely. So to open a place, and for me, that was so close to home was wonderful because also I love what I, what I do. So I put in a lot of time, but I wanted, if my kids wanted to show up after school, I wanted them to be able to come here. And I wanted people to be able to bring their dogs to work. And, you know, it's, it's like we're, we're all respectful. It's not to say that this is like the wild, wild west and anything goes and you can, you know, run around. And, uh, you know, it's not, it's, it's not chaotic, um, but it's because there's such a smart group of people um, that are here that, again, everyone's just, you know, they're respectful. Um, and people get, I think, a lot of work done because we like to collaborate and there are times where you want to be by yourself and there are times when you might work from home because you know what, you just need to work from home because something's going on at your house or you might need to work from home because you don't want to be in any meetings. All you want to do is crack. Um, there's a whole lot of reasons where, you know, you want to work one way one day versus another way the next day. And um, again, this isn't like organized chaos. It's not like that. It's, it's really about being, thoughtful and sensitive and respectful. And everyone realizes that you might have a family at home. Maybe there's something going on with your son or your daughter that day or, um, you know, whatever it might be. Um, it's really cool to be around people that are, again, open-minded and, and like-minded and respectful. And not in that, like, reverential, weird definition of respectful. I mean, like, just thoughtful. Um, that's really the, the thrust of this whole company. We're trying to be really insanely thoughtful how we source our stuff, how we manufacture it, how we talk to people. I respond to every consumer that calls or writes. Um, really? Yes. That was most wow. of my weekend this weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can Skype with me from the website. It's really me. So if That's you go to our cool. website, there's a Skype button. We could have been Skyping this whole time if you wanted. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's about this intense, level of thoughtfulness and an appreciation for humanity. So we're trying to not just make toothpaste, we're trying to make personal care personal again. And that's, that's a bigger idea than just, oh yeah, it's goop in the tube and you know, it's got nice ingredients and it tastes good. Like, yes, <laughs> of course it's that. Of course. That's like table stakes for us. But what ups the ante? What makes it special? What makes Hello a brand you want to join, not just a brand you want to transact with? Like that's where the magic comes in. And that comes through emotion and through design and design that's led by 
emotion and it's led by thoughtfulness. It all comes together. And, you know, the fact that we happen to make, I think the greatest toothpaste ever, that's a wonderful manifestation of all these other things put together. It's, it's, you know, it's something we're really, you know, we're proud of it and excited. So we're growing like crazy. It's really lovely. Um, when you get love letters, like I never sent a love letter to my toothpaste company before. I mean, who does that, right? <laughs> but we get love letters. It's amazing. It's the coolest thing ever. I love and this personal touch that you're talking about. It's, um, I think the personal touch is really refreshing, not just in our business, but in other businesses. And Craig, I just want to say um, thank you so much for being a guest on our show today. Your wisdom is so inspiring. I'm sure our listeners are going to be thrilled to learn from you. Thank you. Oh, it's very kind. My pleasure. And I hope everyone uh, says hello over Skype. And try our toothpaste. It's awesome. Your teeth and taste buds will thank you. And I'll thank you, too. <laughs> Thanks, Craig. Thanks for listening to Where Brains Meet Beauty with Jody Katz. Tune in again for more authentic conversations with beauty leaders.